kills That's how he kills his friends That's friend. how he kills his friends Don't forget there's Joe Batanz Writing about some twink romance They always bring his heart up and run away Catching up with Mike and Joe Now it's time to start the show Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to anyone listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We have been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week without fail. We never miss a week. So hold the phone. <laughs> um I wanted to tell you, Princess Hana, um, friend of the show, Mm -hmm. sent us an email, and I just wanted to thank her for doing that. Um, She went to catchinguppodcast.com, clicked the contact form, and she chose to send an email to both Mike and Joe. Mm -hmm. And thank you for doing that, Hana. Anyone could do that. Go to catchinguppodcast.com, click contact us, and write us an email. I'm going to tell you something. From someone who has a podcast that gets a lot of emails, careful what you wish for. No, I, we have good we have good listener friends. That's true. Like everyone who listens is like friends with us. Like yeah. We don't have they don't yell people that us, work. Yeah. yeah, how dare you, Mike? Tell that story about yeah. Steve, yeah. or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. who cares? I, it, it's funny when you actually when you actually when you're in it, it's not funny. But when you step back and look and you get like, how dare you uh, say anything bad about Lashawn Beyond? You know, and you're like, oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> And the dress that he was wearing. Yeah. That scuba gear that he was wearing on the runway looked great. And I don't like the way the way you were talking about Jay Jolie. Do you know? Like, like oh, God. For know? anyone new to the show, Joe also does a RuPaul's Drag Race um, recap podcast, yeah. which could be found at RuPaul's Drag Race recap.com. No. Is that right? Drag Race recap.com. Oh. I'm not going to risk it. Drag Race any- recap.com. Yeah. Fucking RuPaul suing me because I used her name. Yeah. <laughs> um, how are you? What's going on? What's new? Tell me everything. Oh, Mike Lawson. So I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but I have this friend who's been having some health issues. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing big, nothing major, but just in my head, I am such a fucking goddamn hypochondriac. Okay. So for the pa- I, I suffer regularly from... Uh, stomach issues, especially when I'm in high stress situations. So, yeah. you know, it's a bit with RuPaul's Drag Race and the nonprofit. It's just been like a lot of stress. And so it, I have to be more careful about what I eat, but I obviously have not been careful about what I eat. And so my right. stomach was, I was having really bad. I i hate that the word sounds like this, but GERD. Okay. Yeah. Ugh, it, I would also point out, and I hope this isn't shade, no. but I feel like you've lived a pretty low stress life, maybe intentionally. Like, you don't you don't carry around a lot of stress normally. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. you know what it was. I think you're right, and I think even RuPaul's Drag Race and the job I had under control because they're scheduled. But then you have to throw in like the accident, you know, and that drama. The accident really kind of upset me, and then like all this other drama. It was just it, and also the way the way my stress worked, and this is, it could be a lot has to do with the accident. Is I'm a, in a fight or flight situation, like. I'm fu- I'm great in like an emergency situation. The stomach problems happen after. So in mm. any kind of like crisis, like I'm fantastic. And then at once crisis is averted, then that's when my body then reacts to like, oh my God, what did we just do? You know? Mm-hmm. You know it, GERD. GERD. And so like, ugh, if anyone who's ever had severe acid reflux or heartburn knows, like you often think you're having a heart attack or like it just it's just an awful, awful, awful disease, you know, condition to have. Yeah. Now again, it's not life threatening, but yeah, uh, it needs to be treated, you know, because you're not feeling very good. So, but of course, I'm a hypochondriac, and because my friend has been having again, my, my friend is fine, but like like some some liver issues and whatnot. So of course I immediately go like, well then I have liver problems. Well no, what right. happened? What, what here's what happened is I went to DragCon on Saturday. I was fine. I wasn't feeling super hot stomach wise, but like was fine. And so then I um a Sunday it was Mother's Day, and I was on my way to the Mother's Day event, which was at my brother's in law's house. Bizarre set of circumstances, and. I get this pain in my side, right? And I'm like, well, 
this is how it ends. <laughs> I clearly have severe liver issues and I'm dying, right? And so even at yeah. the Mother's Day event, everyone's like, God, your Joe's really quiet. And I just had like a little hamburger, you know, because mostly because of the stomach issues, but I was like, I didn't have an appetite. I was anxious. My Now my new thing with anxiety is not just like the heart palpitations, but now like I get like kind of like lightheaded and faint with anxiety, yeah. which which all which to me, I didn't go, oh, that's anxiety. I said, oh, that's um part of my disease. I'm dying, right? But of course, you know, I can't see a doctor till the next day. It wasn't an emergency, you know? Right. So now I'm pan. I had to take it. Like I had. I, first of all, I made the stupid mistake of going online and researching <laughs> my illness. Right. So I literally had. I don't want to give anyone who else has hypochondria all the diseases I had, but I was dying. Okay. Yeah. I had it, in, in my head. I had liver cancer. Okay. Sure. So I make an appointment the next day for the doctor. Luckily, there was a slot at nine thirty. I had to take a Xanax to go to bed. Okay. Wake up super upset and anxious and i make a doctor. i see the i get a doctor's appointment 9 30 and um i talked to adam vaught in the morning i was like i'm so anxious you know and he's like okay well keep me posted i go in to see the doctor the doctor does a routine physical check and she's like she doesn't say because she's a doctor she doesn't say there's nothing wrong with you mm-hmm. but she says like it doesn't seem like you have anything wrong like it seems like you're fine yeah. She, she goes, I get like, the sense that you're still alive. Yeah. Well, she goes like, <laughs> well, look, I'm a big fat pig. So I know I have like the beginning stages of fatty liver disease. She's like, uh-huh. we need to get that under control. But like, she goes, even that, that would take years and years. She goes, you're too young. It would take years and years of really not taking care of it for that to turn into anything. She goes, but look, but she's, but you know, she's hedging her bet. She's like, you never know, but like you're showing no symptoms. Right. You, um, your blood sugar is fine. My A1C came back and it was fine. And um, you're like, I, do you don't have, from what I can tell from the test I did, you don't have gallstones. She says, look, um, your doctor has some tests set for you for July. Why don't I just add like a liver panel, like a full blood, you know, panel, uh, including liver, everything oh. in July. And I go, nope. You're, you're, go I forgot you're at Kaiser and she could tell all of that. Yeah. We're going, <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. She goes, well, that's why I love Kaiser because yeah. like my, my regular doctor, I couldn't see him till three. And I was like, uh, I want something sooner. Cause I was literally, like, I was having like, yeah. like severe panic attacks. And they're like, Oh, so you have one today. medical record that has everything yeah. in it, mm-hmm. which is great. So she goes, well, um, why don't I just order a, a whole blood thing today? No, I go. I no, no. I'm sorry. I got lost in the story. I go. No, 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 no. Let's do this today, or I will be anxious until July. Yeah. And she was like, "All right, let's do it today." And so she ordered a full panel, right? Which, by yeah. the way, I had to write to my parents. My parents were already, like super anxious, and they were on vacation, right? So they had told me, like, um. This is, we're, we're actually having a, previously on catching up. Remember previously on catching up, I went to the lab and they walked me over and I was blind and there was a thing with the numbers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. So now I know how it works, right? And so, so I go, my, my parents were like, call us as soon as you're out of the doctor, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot this story. So the doctor's like, yeah, well, I, she goes, Personally, I mean, you can never tell. I don't think there's anything wrong with you, but I'll order the test. If it makes you feel better, sure. She goes, here you go, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, I go and I leave the doctor and I go, okay, well, I'm out of the doctor. I'll go pull my number for the blood thing and then I'll call my parents. It takes like five minutes, you know, for them to call my number. Yeah, yeah. So I text my parents, my parents said, text us. So I text my parents, I'm done, right? Yeah. And then I pull a number. Well, literally, as soon as they pull the number, they call me in. Right? Okay. When so I, you're not answering your phone? I'm not answering my phone. Yeah. When I leave, I turn my phone back on. There's like 12 missed calls from my parents. My brother calls. He's like, what the fuck's going on? And I go, why? He's like, mom says you're like suicidal and that you won't answer the phone now. And I go, what? Uh, because the text message, I'm done. And they interpreted it as, 
Ending I'm, it all. Goodbye, I'm, world. Yeah, I'm goodbye, finished. cruel world. I'm, yeah, I'm finished. I have a terminal disease. The doctor just oh, told no. me, oh, and no. they were freaking out. So, like, I told them, like, oh, oh my god, okay. I love how that, but that's where my that's where their brain went. Their brain went that I was just going to end it all right there. That I'm done. Yeah. So anyway, I told them the update. So then it was Mike. Oh, oh, oh! I'm sorry. I forgot this part of my favorite part of the story here. Right. I'm in the doctor's office, okay? Yeah. And she goes, I'm going to, okay, so she goes, she's checking all the boxes, she's gonna, the test she's going to do. So there's a full liver panel of cell, uh, blood cell count, um, yeah, I don't know, this and that, right? And she goes, you know, you have no signs of liver, but she goes, if you really want to rule everything out, let's get some, uh, an STD panel done too. So, yeah, she goes, we'll do like chlamydia, we'll do gonorrhea, we'll do syphilis, we'll do all the hepatitis A, B, and C, or I don't know, whatever, right? Yeah, I just had that done a couple months ago. Okay. It's good to just know your current, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, and that's what she said. That's what she said. She goes, it's good to know your current, we'll do an HIV test. Yep. And then she goes, um, then she's like looking at the screen and she goes, you know, the one thing I'll say is... uh, you know, the HIV test won't catch anything in this. This HIV test won't catch anything in the, in the previous three months. And then she like looks at me and I go, we're good. <laughs> it was just embarrassing. Sure. I, just, I just, I wanted to be like, I want to like, uh, just, ha- well, I would have just said, I'll be back in three months then girlfriend. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> well, that's kind of it because you know, like, uh, I haven't talked about it on the show yet, but there's something on the horizon and I actually yeah. had a, a talk about, we're going to have, you know, like, okay, let's a sex talk and it might actually happen soon. I'm like, I want to come back next week and be like, she goes, it won't catch anything in the next three months. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, anyway, so like, so we, I, I'm actually, but here, I am actually kind of nervous. Mike, I'll be honest with you. I have really had not that much sex in the past year or so you know maybe a couple here and there and so um it's been girl it's been dry right still i I am like so those ones haven't come the only one that's come back is the chlamydia and gonorrhea yeah and i don't i think i mean i i think that i probably have more reasons to be afraid of you know my cholesterol test results than my hiv test results but i think we've been conditioned to be really afraid of hiv mm-hmm. and it's been a death sentence for you know our childhood so i think we're afraid of it but i don't know i, know. I don't think that that's a rational fear exactly it's not but that doesn't make it less real like it's still scary yeah i have a friend who has it and uh, I remember him telling me that when he when we first talked about it, that, you know, like, it's actually kind of scary that he just basically has to take a pill in the morning. He did say there are shitty things with it, you know? Of course, wrong. It's, yeah. No, it's, it's, but it's more, it's more like a nuisance now. It's not sure. the death sentence. I know, but I, it's still, you have it in your head where it's like, it's, it's, still, it's still, we're in that generation where it's just locked in our brain that it's a death sentence. Yeah. But um, I have a buddy that lives with HIV and he is healthier and more put together than i am so yeah no that's what my <laughs> friend that, said my yeah. friend said his doctor told him you're actually healthier than most of the people work going out there and you actually know your status right exactly so, yeah so anyway so um so the whole day i was just so pan- and of course you know all my other blood work like sort of like the the secondary blood work that comes back right away and it's all normal right mike the the liver stuff doesn't come into like 7 30 p.m you know okay and this is kaiser so you can see the results online as yeah. they come in yep yeah are you sitting there just like hitting refresh yes. refresh refresh or are you a, waiting every for every 15 minute rule every 15 minute rule no 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 because the notifications come in after so often okay. i would beat the notification so every 15 <laughs> minutes i would just check and then once the liver came in fine i breathed this biggest because mike i had this pain in my side that i was convinced was like an inflamed liver right yeah I remember the doctor said at one point, she goes, we're going to do an ultrasound, which I actually had an ultrasound down ye- done yesterday. Yeah. I don't have the results of that either, but uh, I don't have any symptoms. So she, but she goes, it could be gallstones, right? Is this a persistent pain in the liver? Like you're sitting there hitting refresh and you still have the pain or it like comes and goes? Well, that by that point, it kind of subsided, but we're going to, we have an answer to this. So, okay. uh, 
So she goes. It's I told another her, tight belt. I know. I, <laughs> Mike, Mike, it's not too far. So I go. I go. Look, I can handle gallstones. Like, I just, give me the surgery. I just don't want anything seriously sure. wrong with the liver. So the liver panel came I, back I fine. I also think, like, where you're sitting at this point in the story, like, just give me something. Tell me what yes. is wrong so that yes. we can work on fixing it yes. instead of sitting here and just letting me yes. rot to death. Yes. Because that's where my brain would be. Exactly. It's like, I'm just dying right now. Exactly. So, but that's why when the liver came back, I just had the biggest sigh of relief, right? Good. So... What's funny is in the past, you know, the the previous 36 hours or whatever this had been, you know, I hadn't masturbated at all. Because, you know, when you're anxious, you don't want to sit there and masturbate, you know? Yeah, wrong. that's not me, but okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> I like, can't oh, stop doing it. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, no. When I'm anxious, the last thing I want to do is that, right? So now okay. I was like, well, what better way to celebrate <laughs> than masturbating, right? Yeah. So I go to jack off. And I don't know what angle I use, right? Because I'm such a big, fucking, fat, out-of-shape pig. As I'm masturbating, I, like, pull a muscle in my side and get this, like, huge cramp. And I'm like, in the, oh! And I realize... Is it kind of the pain that you were having It's before? the exact pain. Joe! <laughs> I must have, like, maybe not masturbated, in some way slept wrong or pulled a muscle. It was all muscular, Joe. That, okay. The, the whole Good. time. It, but but why? If, if, but here's the deal. If I would have masturbated in that position before, I would have been like, oh, that's what that pain is. It's not my liver. But look, here's the deal now. And that's what I told everyone. Like, I'm actually kind of glad I got it done because now I am such a hypochondriac. I can go like, look, for the next two years, I can go like, or a year, year or two, I can go like, I just had things done and it was fine. Sure. So, yeah, I, I think that's a good way of looking at it. My what's funny, Joey, is I have a story. Uh, so I, I went to the doctor this week as well. Um, mine is kind of uh, was routine and kind of just like updating prescriptions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I was in the waiting room, I posted a picture of like waiting room chairs and I wrote kind of like a poem. I'm sitting in the waiting room board and I kind of wrote like a depressing poem in the um the comments of this picture something just about like how it sucks to like keep sitting in waiting rooms and i don't know how much fight i have left in me or something like that Mm -hmm. and it it it, it just was kind of like a poem in my head it wasn't like i don't know a suicide note right Mm -hmm. but my mom commented what's happening i'm reading this off of the instagram (laughs) picture right now what's happening are you sick Mm -hmm. call me when you can (laughs) And so I had to like message her and be like, I'm just in the waiting room. Everything's fine. Mm -hmm. But Joey, uh, this doctor is the doctor. um, I told the story on the podcast. So I know you might remember it, but I visited her like back in October. It's been a while. And when I went in there, the receptionist was like cursing at someone on the phone. Like, fuck you. Don't ever fucking call me again. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, Mm -hmm. but it was like really weird and unprofessional. And then I waited a really long time in the waiting room to get seen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I went back thinking, because if you might remember that story, it actually ended with the doctor being like, um, I guess kick ass would be the way like she really wanted to give me everything that I wanted and like Mm -hmm. really was like on my side. And I felt good about the appointment, even though the office visit was strange and like, She was like everything about the office was weird. The people who work there, the setup, everything was weird. So I went back. And this time, Joey, I was one of the first appointments of the day. Got there early. I got there before the doctor even, which is a bad sign. But I got there and people, there were two other people. They have two like exam rooms. So Mm -hmm. she went, the receptionist took people into the exam rooms and started taking their vitals and all of that. And the doctor arrived And she came in through the back door. I heard her come in. I heard her kind of getting ready. Then Joey, she gets on the phone and she's talking to someone who I guess he was like renovating or like um, he was a contractor who was helping her renovate some property. What is going on in this doctor's office? They're having these personal conversations. I know. And this is the doctor. (laughs) And she's on the phone with him. Uh, And first of all, in the beginning of the conversation, and I think you'll understand this, she didn't necessarily say anything explicitly wrong or racist. By the way, she's an African-American woman. But she's talking to this contractor, and she's like, 
look, do you have anyone that works with you that speaks English? I barely understand what we're saying here, and this is really important. And so that kind of already gave me like spidey senses because it, you know what I mean? That's just walking really close to a line that, I don't know. I mean, she could literally have trouble communicating with this guy. And if, you know, they're having problems talking, maybe that's a decent request. But mm-hmm. I think you can understand why I kind of get spidey senses with that comment. Mm-hmm. But she's like, does anyone there speak English? And um, look, I've already paid you this much to do X, Y, and Z. And now you need to do that work or I need to take you to court. Which do you want it to be? Oh do you want to show up tomorrow and we could talk this out at the property? Or do you just want me to take you to court? All of this in the like office of the doctor's office. And I could mm-hmm. hear it all in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting weird and uncomfortable. But I eventually get pulled back. I see her. She is the same as before. She wants to give me everything she can give me. She wants to really help me. She's on my side and it's exactly what I need in a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, but halfway through my appointment, the receptionist walks in and kind of like pulls the doctor out. The doctor leaves the exam room. She leaves the door open so I could hear everything happening in the hallway. Now there's a guy who's in the office and he's telling her all he needs is like a her to sign this thing so he could get his prescription refilled. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, you need to come in. You need to have a full appointment. I'm not just going to sign off on meds whenever you want Mm -hmm. and he was like i can't afford it blah 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 and then she said well last time i did it for you to install my car battery and you haven't even done that yet (gasps) like she's bartering for appointments isn't that weird or is that okay i don't feel that is that ethically weird i feel it's very country doctor though i mean not the country but like i feel like you always think we're like the the people couldn't afford it and so you give what you could give yeah this is where it's weird I think I, this is where it, it comes like a, 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 a crosses a weird ethical line. Is I feel in the country doctor situation, the doctor's doing it pro bono, and the family volunteers sure. the chicken or whatever it is as a thank you because that's what they can give, right? And it's a thank you, not payment. Yeah, the, and so like to to do a direct quid pro quo. Is it, I don't know if it's necessarily wrong, but it it seems like it's coming very close uh, yeah. to crossing a, a line there. And I I think that what you just said kind of describes this doctor experience to a T. Yeah, it's like walks really close to a weird line. But I don't. I mean, so what if she you know gave this guy a free appointment and he's installing a car battery for her or she has a contractor you know what i mean that she is struggling with like that doesn't affect my care at all she mm-hmm. gave me everything i needed i feel confident that um you know the next thing i need from her is gonna it's gonna happen um but it's just a bizarre i'm gonna keep going back i think like i have an appointment a week from this coming friday so mm-hmm. i don't know it's just an experience but that post i posted on instagram if anyone was worried i'm fine i got a couple other messages like are you okay and I was like, yeah, I'm just grumpy and whatever. Worried about youth kind of text messages, but I'm Yeah, fine. It, it is nice. I don't know if any of them were listeners, but, you know, on uh, I had to push back a RuPaul's Drag One of the 11 RuPaul's Drag Race shows I had, I had to push it back that night. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, like, look, I'm waiting for some, from some medical tests and I'm not in a frame of mind to talk about, you know, uh, you know, uh, the Ivy Winters. Or anything like that, you sure. know? So, uh, I, uh, or Jiggly Caliente. But, yeah. um, uh, but I got a bunch of really lo- nice love and emails and good wishes. And that, that's really, that feels really good. So that, that's good. one of the things where what we do is, it is very rewarding. But I'm glad to hear that you have a cool doctor and that everything's okay. But it was, re- and, but how okay? But when you're in the exam room with her and she's actually working with you, does she feel present? Is she a good doctor in that way? She, she, I would say if you have any friends that have like very obvious ADD, mm-hmm. the conversations are a little bit like that. Um, I have a good friend who like I struggle to kind of get through conversations sometimes and I've learned to kind of just relax and I trust that he knows what he's talking about. And I, the friend is me, I can't, isn't it? I'm sorry. The friend is me. 
No, but sometimes I can't like I can't necessarily connect point A to point B, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy point A and I can't enjoy point B. It just means that sometimes like we hop around a lot Mm -hmm. and I need to relax and not try to control the conversation, but just kind of go with it. And that's how I feel with her. Like she kind of hops around a lot and she's in and out of the office, the exam room a lot. She's out yelling at people, you know, a lot. She's kind of all over the place. But at the end of the appointment, I feel that I I accomplish everything. I go into almost every doctor's appointment with a list, uh, by the way. Like I very frequently get wrapped up in a conversation and forget to mention, you know, the main points of why I'm there. So if I have a list, even if it's like the last thing I say, say like, oh, yeah, I forgot to say I also wanted to tell you Mm -hmm. about this, this and this. And sometimes those lead to me staying longer. And sometimes it's just a quick like, oh, that's no problem. Don't worry about that. Or, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it makes total sense. So, oh. I I have extreme um, white coat syndrome. Have you oh, heard of that? I do, but I have the opposite. Oh, like my uh, heart rate is never under 100 when I'm in the doctor. This last time it was like 135. And I was just sitting in the, the waiting room doing nothing. Like it wasn't. There wasn't anything strenuous about it. I w- that was a resting heart rate. So no, I'm I'm actually the I don't know if they what if they have a name for the opposite. But once I'm like if if, if I'm anxious about something or like I was this time or or anything, once I'm in the clinic or once I'm with the doctor, I calm down. I'm like okay, I'm here. They can fix like I'm like nothing. I'm not going to be stranded without medical help. Like when when right. when I've been in Malibu, I've had. Uh, situations where I have a panic attack because in Malibu, like, you know, you're seven miles at least from anything, you know? So, right. like, I'm like, how long will it take for, like, how long would it take for them to get here even? And then, like, get me to the hospital? I'm actually going to look right now to see what my heart rate was at. My heart rate was 80. Oh, that's was, great. When I was in the doctor. So, like, yeah, I because I calm down, I get very, very calm in a, in a claim on, okay, if anything happens, there's a team of people who can help me. You know, yeah. so I calm down actually. Um, okay, what, what's going on with you? What else? I don't know. If I, I'm, I, I'm sure I mentioned this on the show, but you know, um, John Paul, friend of the show, John Paul, took me to go see this music. I don't know if you ever heard of it called Hamilton. And yeah, I've we, heard of it. We went last night to go see Hamilton. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was it? What do you think? Well, we're gonna get to that in a second, but um, you know. Uh, but the day of, so now it's just the next day after my big uh, scare, and we just t- talked about that, you know. John Paul and I are set to meet for dinner beforehand, and because of, well, here's the other weird thing, is Hamilton's at the Orange County Performing Arts Center, okay? In Costa Mesa. In Costa Mesa, California. I haven't been to Costa Mesa, California in almost two years, and particularly that part of town, because that part of town is walking distance from Camelton. Okay? <laughs> Your so, ex-boyfriend's house. Yes. No, I will say, because I don't want to talk, that's not really, the story is not even remotely about that. Just to end that story right now, I had, like, literally, I think it was a good sign, on a scale of 1 to 10 in anxiety, a 1. Okay. Like, where usually I would have been, like, a 10, you know? So... But I did, uh, because of my stomach, want to eat at that. There's a Japanese like food court called Mitsua, and I wanted to eat there. Because for some reason, I don't know why, with my stomach issues, wonton soup just makes me feel... Not only does it not give me stomach problems, it makes me feel so good. So yeah. I, like, I even eat a Well, it's usually soup. like a really kind of bland broth. Like Yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. So I wanted to get some, some sort of like ramen or whatnot. Okay. So John Paul and I agreed to meet there. He's... Give me updates because he's coming like from so far away. I mean, I could tell you and it makes sense to you, but like it makes sense to no one else, right? He, from Glendale, from the Disney, you know, studios to Costa Mesa at rush hour, right? So he's yeah. giving me updates. And so on one of the updates, he calls me. He goes like, have you ever had stomach issues? And I go, hmm. girl, I know you're driving for two hours. Let me use let me use up all of that with <laughs> one of my stories. So we're talking about it, and he, John Paul has- You send him a link to this episode. I know. I go, because this this episode says it, come, it comes out tomorrow. I go, just trust, you know. Anyway, uh, John Paul 
this is he's been having stomach issues and heartburn in the middle of the night. He's never had that before. Which, to be honest with you, I'm surprised. Because do you remember? This is an old, old story. But do you remember one time I hung out with them around Thanksgiving? And I left them at 11.30 at night. We, like, we parted ways. And they're like, okay, we're going to go have a Thanksgiving dinner now. Right. And it was all- But maybe like if he eats in a certain way and eats that way often, maybe he's kind of conditioned to being cool with it. Does he eat a lot of Filipino food? He does. But girl, clearly he like, my age is catching up with me. He's, it's been happening for a while, but for a few weeks. So he went to the doctor. So the doctor had given him something like, oh, girl, I can give you all the advice you need. So I was talking to him about it, right? So I was saying, when we go to Costa Mesa, let's see what time we finish eating. We we can do things, right? So we go to Costa Mesa. We have, he has ramen. I actually, they had wonton soup there. So I actually had that. And um, this is, but Mike, this is what I was saying. I was telling John Paul at one point, this is called 40. This is 40 now. Is a lot of the conversation was about our stomach problems. Yeah. You know, and. Joe, this is our podcast now. I know. (laughs) I know. And I was telling these stories. And, I, and then I go, oh, John Paul, look, we finished early. We can, because I was like, we can go to CVS and get you some Alka-Seltzer and um, uh, Mylanta. And you can take that into the theater with you, you know, in case you get sick. And I think there's a Bed Bath & Beyond there, too. Why don't we go there and get you a wedge pillow so that you can sleep? I'm all, oh, my God, this is. We're going to go see a musical, and before that, we're going to go buy Alka-Seltzer, Mylanta, and a wedge pillow at Bed Bath & Beyond, right? And we were excited, sure. okay? Yeah. So um, so we go, and we, we do all that, and then we go to the theater. And by the way, it was so funny. Why don't I just – John Paul is so – even though John Paul grew up in Orange County like we did, like he's been living in L.A. for way too long because at Bed – I'm just going to leave my car at Bed Bath & Beyond. We'll just drive together, right? And he goes – uh, aren't they going to tow it? And I go, John Paul, this is Orange County. This isn't LA. You just park your car and you just leave. I think maybe yeah. your condition was San Francisco too, or the Bay yeah, Area, totally. where I'm like, you don't even park your car anyway here. <laughs> I know it'd be broken into in five minutes. But um, I'm all like, yeah, I'll just leave my car right here. He goes, do you? Do, do? I'm like, trust me, trust and believe. No one's going to tow this car. And it did. I'm gonna end that story too. It didn't get towed. We came back at the end of the night, and it was like, "Look, look, John Paul." It was empty parking lot. My car just sitting there. I go like, "Whoa, my car! It's it's in danger here in Orange County." You know. So anyway, for anyone who's not from around here, it's super white, which we'll get to, and super safe. Like that. Yeah. Like you could literally. <laughs> you know who's dangerous for people of color? I was in more danger than my car. Right. So anyway, so here's the deal, though. So. John Paul calls me, and I'm supposed to go to uh, this play, right? And so I, I'm not going to wear my typical jeans and a black T-shirt, right? So <clears throat> I have these black khaki pants, and I have a blue shirt. No, which they're clean, but the blue polo shirt was not hanging. It was, like, folded in a drawer. And when I pull it out, I'm like, oh, it's wrinkled. So I go, you know what? I'm just going to throw that <clears throat> with, like, a wet towel and my khaki pants in the dryer and i'm going to just it'll it'll make it all not wrinkled i don't know how that works whatever magic happens in a dryer right yeah do you ever throw an ice cube in have you heard this no what is this just throw an ice cube in and it kind of makes it a little more steamy and it'll melt and it doesn't make your clothes wet sometimes i'll get like a tiny wet yeah, spot like damp, on something yeah. but not really Ugh. um and it just kind of steams it out well i should have done that because i do this i didn't know this wet towel was full of bleach I take my black khaki pants out, and there's like on two oh. separate spots these huge bleach stains. Of course, and I'm yeah. like, ugh, right. So my dad, my dad and mom are there. They're like, I got the solution. I got a solution, right? <laughs> and he leaves, and he comes back, Mike. Not even like a sharpie pen, but you know those big giant black markers that you would use in college <laughs> to make a poster. And he's like, like permanent marker, yeah, like the huge yes, tip. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Like gigantic. And he goes, just use this on the, just use this on the, on the bleach stain, and then take it. No one will know. No one's gonna see it. And my mom goes, yeah. She takes out the cap and she starts coloring the bleach stains. She goes, that'll do, right? And I go, you know what? You're actually right. It did actually cover it, right? Mike Lawson, I'm talking to this John Paul on the way to go see him. The fumes in the car 
are so bad from the marker that I'm getting, really? yes, I'm getting like high and dizzy. And I would tell John Paul, John Paul, I have to lower the window. Like I'm starting to get like lightheaded from Is the, he noticing it too? No, he's not in the car yet. He's, he's, we're both oh, meeting in Costa Mesa. I'm on my way to Costa Mesa. Oh, oh, I'm oh. getting high from the film. John Paul, I'm worried. What's going to happen? And he goes like, no, you're exaggerating. Then I meet him at the Costa Mesa. He goes like, you know what? Now you're right. I could totally smell these marker fumes. Yeah. Right? And I go, oh, this is awful. This is awful. Right? And so we go to uh, this Hamilton, right? Like, you could, you could tell everyone's like, <laughs> what, what's going on? And, you know, John Paul has amazing seats, of course, you know. Um, right. We had, you know, last time, at, at Love Never Dies, we had the phantom seats. The, today we had, uh, last day we had George Washington seats, okay? Yeah. And he's- I don't really get that, but okay. <laughs> okay, so in the actor, they have, they have allotted house seats, I guess. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I do get it. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, we have George Washington scenes. You could tell everyone like, do you smell marker? Like everyone's like, I'm not like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Luckily it had dissipated tremendously by that point. By the end of that, you couldn't smell it. It was super embarrassing. Anyway, Mike Lawson, I saw Hamilton. Oh, good. What did you think? Well, now it's time for the new segment on our show. <laughs> Mike and Joe on the aisle. Because you, <laughs> you've you seen this Hamilton, right? I have, yeah. In fact, it's the reason I have the job that I have today. Oh, how, how so? Uh, you may remember I got invited to see Hamilton at the um, theater that my office is currently in last summer Mm -hmm. and when i was there the person who brought me mario he was we were like talking about our careers and our current happiness and stuff and i was like you know i don't love the job i have right now i'd like to do something that i just really enjoy and he he was questioning like what would that be and i was like well i love coming here wouldn't it be cool if i could work here and then i went the very next day i went on the website for the theater production company that put on hamilton in san francisco and seriously within like three days had an interview Two days later, had a job offer. Oh, wow. One day after that, quit my current job, and now I work there. So I worked for the theater production company that put Hamilton on in San Francisco um, last year, and that is re- having it return in 2019. So I've seen it. I like it. How many times have you seen been, it? I've seen it once. Okay. Um, I I worked in the building that it was you know, a, appearing in, so mm-hmm. I heard it quite a bit. I could hear... Um, the production from my desk so i heard it quite a bit but i i think this is what i tell people i feel like i understand that it's like incredibly inaccessible to a lot of people you know oh the cheapest ticket is probably a hundred bucks mm-hmm. so, and that's a lot of money to spend on a couple hours of entertainment and mm-hmm. i get that mm-hmm. if it's possible for you to see it I like to compare it to there are certain movies you have to see in the movie theater on the big screen to mm-hmm. get the best experience. And I feel like if you're able to see Hamilton now in the time in which we are living, it's the best time to see Hamilton with a live audience. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around forever. It's going to be made into a movie. It's going to mm-hmm. be on PBS. It's going to be, you know, you're going to be able to see it eventually. But if you could see it right now in a theater with other people, I feel like there's something about that that's worth it what do you think well i i think this john paul and i agree on 98 percent of everything that we we see like like word for word and in, in this case it's no different and he told me this before we the show even started it's good it's good i think it's overhyped i thought it before i sat down i go there's no way it could live up to this hype and it it I'm right, you know. I think the first act is, like most musicals, the first act is very strong. Mm-hmm. Um, the second act runs into problems where it's really slow. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, the first act is about the revolution. And you're like, oh, my God, it's so exciting, you know. And the second act, they, they try and put some things in there with Thomas Jefferson's character and whatnot. But a lot of it's just about, like, mundane <laughs> trying to set up the government kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. and that's the thing too. I go. Here's the thing: they it, it's not like they they waste any time. Everything they talk about is important to for the end of the story, you know. But ultimately, it's still you have to like, slog through that. I just sort of feel the second act's a little more 
it it it's not it doesn't have the same energy as the first act, which I, I don't know how much it carries through to the end of the show. But I will say before we sat down, John Paul did say it's interesting to see this in Orange County because there's a line that whenever they do it in the show, it gets a huge reaction. Is right? it immigrants yeah. who get the job done? Yeah. Immig- yeah. He goes, I want to see how it plays in this crowd. Now remember, we had amazing seats. Yeah, right? I'm interested to hear. Yes. So he, I go, what line? He goes, you'll know the line, right? So you're right. The immigrants, we get the job done line happens. Mike Lawson, said, it was almost like... Um, it reminds me, before I tell you, it reminds me of like there's a, 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 an old clip of the Beatles playing. And before they play a song, they say, um, people in the cheap seats, you know, clap and scream or something like that. And people in the, in the, right here in the front or whatever, just rattle your jewelry. Yeah. And it sort of reminded me of that. It was the balcony went apeshit and the sure. orchestra was silent. Yeah. The immigrants went apeshit, and the people who rely on them to make their money didn't. Yeah. yeah. And and by the way, even before the show started, John Paul noticed I looked around, and the fucking entire orchestra was lily white. John Paul and I were yeah. clearly, and I'm not even being, people, because I don't think people who live on, on in urban areas would understand this. Orange County is so fucking white for being so close to right. L.A. And so, like, I, I'm actually trying to think of when we looked around. John Paul and I may have been the only people of color. I'm not even being funny. And this is a 3000 yeah, seat yeah, theater. Yeah. But I mean, I think that the price has a lot to do with that because yeah. the seats you were sitting in were not cheap seats. They were like $189. Not that you paid that. for them, but no. like those, that's not cheap. No. Um, there were probably seats around you that were like over 500 bucks. Yeah. Like there were people that spent a lot of money to be there. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be, you know, whiter people, unfortunately, that have yeah. that kind of disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, I think theater, though, is a very white thing still in the U S obviously. But, and I think that that dictates kind of what kind of gets put on stage, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, because you know, you're looking at who your kind of like subscriber base is, who's going to pay to, to come to a show here and what would they want to see? And then Mm -hmm. you tend to kind of not challenge them that much. Unfortunately, I think, you know, I think Hamilton does kind of challenge it a little bit. And I think there's more and more things that are coming out that challenge it, but you still want to kind of, you know, you're walking the line between like art versus entertainment. And, you know, sometimes those things are one and the same, and sometimes they're very different. And that's interesting. And and I want to agree with something you said, which is to wrap up my sort of review of the show, which is, I feel like, yes, I think it's important to see Hamilton. I think it's important to see it in these times. I do think, but my only caveat would be to anyone who hasn't seen it, is just understand, like, the show is good. The show is very good, actually, right? But I know in in pop culture, it's hyped up. And I think people spend a lot of money thinking it's going to be this transcendent show. And it's just a really solid, well-done musical. I agree with that sentiment uh, 100%. And I think... I mean, I didn't pay to see it. And maybe Mm -hmm. if I had, you know, struggled to pay rent because I had spent all this money to go see the show, I would have a different opinion maybe. Mm -hmm. But um, you're right. Like, I I agree with everything you just said. Okay. Well, that is Mike and Joe on the aisle. So, Joey. Yes. So after the show. um, Yeah, go on. John Paul, I told John Paul, I go, I told before the show started, I go, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to do something that's never been done in the history of mankind. I'm going to go see Hamilton and I'm not going to take a fucking goddamn selfie in front of the goddamn marquee or the poster and put it on this Instagram. Meanwhile, I'm on a podcast talking about how I went to go see Hamilton. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but the point is on my in- but nobody in my life listens to this podcast you know on social media i'm not gonna be like look at where i am i, I fucking when it was at the pantages it was every fucking goddamn day and i wanted to choke every single person who did it to death right so john paul goes oh ha 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 right and he goes and then he goes do you want to go backstage afterwards and i go yeah so after the show we go backstage right oh by the way i should have stayed for this as we were walking backstage we were leaving the theater was lighting up there was a little high school kid with a poster uh mm-hmm. and and it, the poster said i'm not throwing away my shot 
will you go to prom with me? And he had some flowers. He was waiting for, I guess, his girlfriend or his girl to walk out of Hamilton. I thought that was cute. That's cute. Yeah, I'm against these like elaborate prom these promposals, but that one is not super elaborate. It was a poster. Maybe my dad letting him the marker, you know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a, maybe people walked out of the theater and they're like, "That's what the smell that's, was." Yeah, the stupid kid, right? <laughs> and um, uh, uh, but that one seemed not super elaborate, you know. Anyway, so we go backstage, and uh. John Paul knew, like, actually three, even though we were in George Washington seats, he knew Aaron Burr, George Washington, and uh, some character. I didn't know who that person was. And um, I got to go in the set. Did you have you been on the set? No. Uh-uh. Mike Lawson, this is going to be shocking to you. And the actor says, everyone says this, and it's 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 funny. I know. It, like, yes, I'm in this. Like, okay. When I went to DragCon, I, they had the actual workroom from RuPaul's Drag Race there at DragCon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I got to go in the workroom, and as most things with television, I was surprised at how much smaller it is in real life. Okay, it's the same thing with the set. But the, the weird thing is on TV. You're like, well, that's true. I guess I'm only seen on TV. In on the on the stage, I'm like, wait, I was just in the theater. I saw it in real life, and it's gigantic. And then you get on set, and it's tiny. Yeah, it's not big at all. And that doesn't surprise me so much. I feel like you have to kind of make it look grand in the smaller, the small space you have. I get that. Yeah, well, the Orange County Performing Arts Center, and the, you know, that's my big regret. I should have taken a picture of me standing in front of the, the, the audience, how big the Orange County Performing Arts Center is. It's gigantic from the stage. But um, the backstage is huge. But the stage is, guys, when you, if you ever see Hamilton or you go to see Hamilton, as I know you're not going to believe me when you see the set and how big it is on, when you're sitting there, it's tiny it this is so tiny anyway i had john paul take several pictures of me on the set of hamilton but john paul's like wait i thought you were gonna take any pictures i'm all well look how many how often am i gonna be on the set of hamilton you know and i go but i'm not gonna i'm still and this is true i'm not gonna fucking post it on this instagram it's just gonna be if someone ever goes like have you seen hamilton i'm like have i seen hamilton i've been on the set of hamilton and then i have that picture (laughs) on my phone have I seen Hamilton? I, I'm better I, than you. Look, I've yeah. been on the set of Hamilton. Have I seen Hamilton? I am Hamilton. I played him on the. <laughs> on the <laughs> I'm, I'm Hamilton the, and Aaron Burr. <laughs> yeah, I played both characters. <laughs> Except they, they, for me, they changed it to Raymond Burr. Wait, I don't get it. That's I don't like know a joke. Burr right is. now, Larry Flick is laughing so hard right now. <laughs> well, Raymond you made Burr, one person laugh today. Great. <laughs> Raymond Burr was the big fat pig who played Perry Mason. Oh, <laughs> um, well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it, um, and I appreciate the the theater review. Mm-hmm. And uh, I How look forward like our- to our next Mike and Joe on the Isle. Yep, so do I. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. <laughs> it's only hey, eight Joe. seconds. What? Can you believe it's only eight seconds? It feels longer. It feels like an hour. Um, I wanted to tell you, woman calls police on black family for barbecuing at Lake in Oakland. Did you see the story? I'm sure you did. Oh, a white woman wait. called the police on a black family at Lake Merritt in Oakland, California yeah. last month when they were setting up for a day at the park. Their crime, according to the unidentified woman who's since been identified, was grilling in one of the park's designated barbecue zones using a charcoal grill instead of a non-charcoal grill. The April 29th incident was filmed by a witness who confronted the woman for calling the police on the family. In recent weeks, a number of incidents around the U.S. have involved white people calling the police on black people and other people for co- of color for such ex- activities as sitting at Starbucks, staying at an Airbnb, taking a nap, and participating in a college campus tour. Joey, did you see the video? I've not seen that video. Those videos really upset me. Yeah, this one is hard to watch. I have I have an interesting... Uh, I I shouldn't, I don't know. That was weird to say. I have a perspective on this that may be interesting. Mm -hmm. It's weird to just categorize your perspective as interesting, but like, I, I don't sympathize with the woman at all, but I do understand kind of this, this idea that I need to be a rule, a rule enforcer. Tell me about Um, it. I very frequently find myself standing on the escalator going down to BART and getting mad at people who 
stand on the left instead of the right because mm-hmm. I'm supposed to walk on the left and shit like that. That like I just want to make everyone follow the rules that I know and they should know too. And I get that. I understand where she came, was coming from, mm-hmm. uh, but I also understand her mistakes and it's not my job to control other people. My job is to control me. And I'm learning that more and more and trying to kind of live that more and more. And it's very difficult. So I, I understand this maybe differently than just the people who are, I feel like a lot of people feel like she is racist and therefore she did this. And some people feel like she knows the rules and that's therefore she did this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like there's a, a interesting middle ground that I tend to be in. I feel like, what she did was racist. And I feel like I could not necessarily see myself doing this exact same thing, but I could see myself getting angry if I was very passionate about charcoal grills in certain locations at Lake Merritt. Mm -hmm. I could see myself getting angry when I see a charcoal grill in the wrong place. I get angry when people are are riding their bike and asking to move on the sidewalk. Yes, there are. And that that's actually an interesting part of the story. And it's, it's clear as mud where you're supposed to use charcoal grills and where you're not. I think the point of the people who feel that this wasn't a racist attack mm-hmm. is that these people have been grilling in this location. You know, people have been grilling in this location for 20, 30 years. And it's almost like a sign of gentrification to come in and say like, Hey, the rules are this. And therefore you can't do this thing that you've been doing forever. Instead of kind of understanding what was happening, mm-hmm. you just kind of go to attack and you go to call the police and you go to force people to, you know, follow rules instead of understanding kind of what's happening. I don't know. What are, so you didn't watch a video. Why not? I've seen a lot of the video. I didn't see that video. I saw the headline for that video, but it's one of these things where it's the same day. It came out the same day. or so. It was yesterday, right? No, I think it was last week sometime, oh, actually. I, 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 I strangely saw the headline yesterday because it was saying, oh, because you know what? I feel like it was an update because I feel like maybe people have found out who this woman is. Yeah, she's actually, she, she holds a doctorate degree from Stanford. And so people are kind of calling on Stanford to... Yeah, come out with something about so, all of this. Okay, so I missed the initial story, but I've seen the the update since. Since I, I, I so obviously the video is embedded in that, and you know I saw the one with the Muslim woman in Starbucks yesterday, or not Starbucks, Coffee Bean, or something yeah. like that, and that was disturbing. Um, and then, which you know what's so funny? I should find that video actually because the face the guy's making, the way he talks, he sounds so much like TV TV's homosexual Paul Lind from the seventies. <laughs> It was so funny and making the same faces. Well, I just don't like it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, <laughs> that video was disturbing, and then um, the one with the Yale one really upset me because I think I feel like the Yale one really upset me because I could see myself being in that position where, like, maybe she shouldn't have been asleep in there or whatever. But like, but, but have you ever? I don't know how, how deep you've gotten in this story, but. This the 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 woman who was asleep in the in the dorm at Yale had actually strangely had a connection to the white woman who called the police on her before, where like she was expecting a friend to come visit her in that that grad housing, and it was obviously an African American, not obviously an African, but it was an African American friend, and the white woman called the police on the African American friend for being in, for being in the building, and she he was just he was just going there to visit her. So they yeah. know. So like, this white woman knows that she lives there, and and so that video is very disturbing. And I just don't, I don't know what's going on. It's it's super super weird. Uh, well, I know what's going on. You know, it's because I I was actually watching a news report about the about the Muslim woman yesterday, and they were saying like the 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 news. It was it was local news, so the local news was giving a a, a wink. You know, mm-hmm. and uh. It was like it was like it seems like these incidents have happened much more in the past year, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I wonder why. And it just, I feel like there's an ugliness coming out of this country right now, right? Be- because of the current administration, and people just feel more emboldened, right? And we've been noticing more of these since November of 2016. <laughs> White people are just calling the police on people. 
Yeah. It's it's very very strange. What is that? Um, speaking- so the go ahead. The next door uh, message board for my neighborhood. We've mm-hmm. talked about that message board before. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, Lake Merritt is fairly close to my house. Steve lives uh, walking distance from where this incident mm-hmm. happened. Like it's really close to kind of me and my life. And I've passed this area where people do barbecues plenty of times, and I. I I don't understand. She is just raining on somebody's parade and maybe she has a decent point that like disposing of hot charcoal is an actual problem. Maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, it's kind of ignited this debate on this message board about like when it's okay to call the police and when it's not. And um, some very smart people have been talking about how, you know, like maybe we don't understand what we're actually doing when we call the police. And mm-hmm. can we talk about that? And other people are, I think, very defensive that like if you feel that this wh- white woman was in the right, that doesn't make you racist. And they feel that they're being called racist for defending her and her actions. And it's complicated and it's um, I don't know. It's it's happening, though. Well, so. Mike, Mike Lawson, uh, actually. Breaking news. I have now officially gotten the results of all my outstanding lab tests. I can now safely say um, I have no venereal diseases, no STDs, no HIV, nothing. I'm completely free of that. And also my ultrasound came in. No gallstones, no problems. Everything is completely clear. No baby? No baby. The baby? Well, okay. it's a boy. Wait. Good. What, how does that, how does that, that you always call it? Had a baby, it? it's a boy. <laughs> um, hey, Joe. Yeah? Wait, do you have any other stories? No. Well, I, I just, to I just, you I just did my story. Where, where are we at on time? Do we have time for one more story? This one might light a match for you, though. It's We're at an hour. Okay. Maybe should I hold it off? Yeah, let's hold it for it's, next week. Okay, it's evergreen. It'll last. Okay. Um, so teaser everyone. I got a story that's gonna get Joe angry. Oh really? Uh, yeah. It has and... to involve either Harvey Milk or Dustin Lance Black. No, but oh. cool. I it's it's still reoccurring. It's in that same vein. Okay. Um, what do you got going on next week? Anything? You know what? Uh, I had a little bit of a two week break uh, because the kids were taking AP tests, but now I'm back at work, and so like. With work, I just have no life. It's, it's RuPaul. It's starting Saturday. It's RuPaul's Drag... No, starting tomorrow, actually. It's RuPaul's Drag Race and uh, SAT. <laughs> That's my life. For the, but, but you know what? Fun. For two weeks, and then I'm done. And then um, my co-host uh, from RuPaul's Drag Race, Evan Ayers, is coming out to California. And it'll be a nice little vacay. Good. I have... Um, well, Joe, today... Today is Steve's birthday. Um, happy oh, birthday, Steve. Oh, happy birthday, Steve. I haven't got him anything. Uh-oh. Um, it's okay. The president does that, too. So I um, haven't got him anything. We're going to a wedding tomorrow. Um, we're driving up to Sierra City, uh, north of Sacramento, clo- north of Lake Tahoe. It's like a three-and-a-half-hour drive. Um, and we're going to spend the weekend in a cabin and kind of just have a nice time. So that's going to be kind of our birthday celebration. I, we're not really big present people. Um, so I am going to get him something. I will probably do like a nice dinner or two. Like we'll celebrate. I just I don't, don't know. you have we're like a nice eight by six and a half present you can give him. Eight by six and a half. Framed. Sure. Or not. I guess. I think you're making a dick joke. I don't know what I'm making. Yeah. Nobody does. Um, So we're doing a wedding. I got that coming up. Um, That's pretty much it, though. Nothing too crazy on my schedule either. So, But then that means Um, it's going to be an exciting next episode of Catching Up. Yeah, and I'll tell this story that will upset Joe. News story. So I can't wait. And I'll talk to you soon, Joey. Nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. 
Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash CU Podcast and on Twitter at CU Podcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. And follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week. (laughs) 